0: G'day, it's Coach B from Ascension. On this Whiteboard Wednesday, we're going to discuss the relationship between health, fitness, and high performance. Now, in the past, we might have viewed health, fitness, high performance, as well as sickness and death as a pyramid. If we're looking at measures of health, we might have viewed high performance at the top, then followed by fitness, then by health, with a cutoff then between being healthy and unhealthy. Below health, we might see being unhealthy or being sick and injured. And right at the bottom, we might have death. So we might view towards the top as being good and right down the bottom as being bad. And that might be a perception of what health, and fitness are. However, it's flawed. And we should not view high performance and fitness as better examples of health. So we might recognize that being healthy is not the same as being fit, but we might actually not understand the differences between what these two terms actually mean. So if we rewind and look at health, Now, historically, and even a lot of people to today, might define being healthy or health as not being sick, not being injured. That is the absence of disease and infirmity. They might view it as a lifestyle, so say things like, you know, like eating well and going to the gym and stuff. However, that's really vague and doesn't classify or quantify what health really is. So about 70 years ago, the World Health Organization came up with a revised definition of health, and that is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, not just the absence of disease and infirmity. It's a relatively vague definition, but it does highlight, though, health is not just a physical condition, it also relates to a mental condition, as well as a social condition, so how you interact with others how your mind is, as well as your physical body, as well. Now, it's a little bit wishy washy, though. It's really hard to quantify, measure, and test. And we have things in Australia and worldwide, such as the Guide to Healthy Eating, which is designed to apply to a majority of the population to make them healthier. A lot of people, though, will mistake eating very specific diets or controlling their diets and their training as being good examples of health and may take high level athletes or high performers and even fitness models as good role models for health. Well, it's not the case at all. What we need to identify is to be athletic and to be a high performer, whether it's in sport or another type of physical activity that has a high performance demands, as tactical athletes like soldiers, police, firefighters, or performing arts like dance. Being highly athletic and being really fit is not necessarily healthy. So we need to work out what does health really mean? And what does fitness really mean? So let's start with health. It's really a balance between our physical, social, and mental well-being. Just because some Instagram model puts up some fad diet that you think, oh, she looks good that must be healthy, does not make it true at all. When we look at us as individuals, we all might perceive being healthy as different. What I think is healthy might be different to what you think is healthy. And what you see on Instagram as someone that you define as being healthy, it's gonna be very different to me as well. We have different perspectives that we need to consider. However, if we view it the same way, that is a balance between different aspects of well-being, physical, mental, and social, it's relatively simple and we can apply that. And we know what sort of guidelines we should follow. It's not just having a good physical well-being, we also need good mental well-being and a good social well-being. And for people that's gonna vary as well. Doesn't mean that our life's gonna be perfect, but it does give us something to work with that's a little bit better. Another way we can view health is our ability to adapt to different physical, mental and social challenges in the environment. Again, that's a little bit vague, but how well we can adapt to different circumstances can be another way to look at health as well. That is, if we are healthy, we can deal with low doses of stress or change relatively well and be able to move on. If we're unhealthy, when exposed to the same sort of level of stress, we're not gonna be able to cope as well, and it's gonna result in some sort of breakdown or problem. We'll look at fitness, which we'll talk about shortly, it being able to deal and tolerate with a high level of a specific dose of stress. So fitness is your ability or suitability to conduct a task. It's a relatively simple definition, but it makes sense. What it means is that fitness is specific to the individual and what they're training for. Being able to run really far for long distance and long endurance is not necessarily good. It's not necessarily bad either. But if you look at things such as long distance running and ultra endurance events, it takes a lot of toll on the human body to compete in these events and generates a lot of issues with bones, with muscles, with ligaments and tendons. It can lead to injuries pretty easily. Whilst it might seem, oh, it's slight, it's just running, you just run around. A lot of people can get knee injuries, shin injuries, hip injuries, or a whole host of other things that come from doing long-term endurance work. It is physically demanding on the body. People have died after endurance events. It doesn't mean doing any type of cardiovascular training is bad. It just means at extremes, or at the level of high performance, it, is, it can actually be dangerous, and it can have negative impacts on our health. But we're doing this, doing something for fitness or for high performance that is leading us closer and closer towards a chance of injury or death. High performance, again, it's going to be, dep- it's going to be different depending on the person and what they're doing. It's not necessarily limited to sport. Some people might say being high performance means you're in the top tier of your given sport. Not necessarily true. You can be high performance in other physical activities, such as dance and other performing arts, or tactical athletes. So think military emergency responders, such as police, firefighters, and ambulance. And a whole host of other things can fit into what tactical athletes are. Now, for them, what makes you high performance? Is it being full time? Is it being in a specific unit? No, that does not automatically relegate someone to being high performance. You'll have a range of fitness levels and performance levels for tactical athletes. Being a part of special forces, for example, might think, oh, they're by default elite or high performers. You'll have high performers in other units as well that aren't special forces. We should not take people with high levels of fitness or high performers as being necessarily healthy. They might be really good at what they do, but their lifestyle is not necessarily healthy overall. It may not have a balance between their physical aspects of their life, their social and their mental aspects. Being in the military is high risk without a doubt. You'll volunteer to engage in combat. Now, being high-performance may not be good for their health at all. In that case, there is a risk of injury or worst from combat, as well as a whole host of other physical activity that soldiers do in order to train. The military has a relatively high injury rate, even compared to elite levels of sport. So training for the military can be bad for your health. doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. We can use people that train certain aspects of their fitness, uh, whether it's amateur, semi-professional, professional level. We might view certain people as being healthy, based on the way they look on their Instagram account or the post they put on Facebook, we shouldn't do that. Say for example, Caitlin, she's one of my clients and she competed in a physique competition last year in the bikini division. So it's a physique competition, former bodybuilding effectively. She had to look a certain way to be as competitive as possible. Her training and her nutrition overrule for the period of time before the competition was geared to her having the best level of performance during the competition. And you look at the photos on Instagram, she's really, really lean. She's really really lean, very good muscular definition. That's not how Caitlin looks all the time. And her to look like that all the time would come at a significant cost to her overall health. That's her physical health, her mental health, and her social health. She had to have a very controlled diet for her preparation. She had to manipulate her food very specifically. That resulted in her losing weight. That is, she lost fat, but at the end of her training, she actually lost some muscle mass as well, as she got leaner and leaner closer to competition day. Our objective of her training was trying to limit the amount of muscle she lost at the end of her cut, but it was inevitable. She also manipulated her water and electrolyte intake in the week leading up to the competition. So she was actually dehydrated slightly in order for her to look leaner for the competition. The other aspects to look at is her mental and social health. Now, if you'd asked Caitlin and her partner, Cam, what Caitlin was like in the last four weeks prior to her competition, I'll both probably tell you she was really irritable and it was high stress. And it was. We're putting a lot of physical demands on Caitlin, in order for her to perform as best she could for that competition. That resulted in a slight decline in her overall mental and social well-being. She couldn't eat with her friends, she she couldn't have a couple of wines you know, once a week or once a fortnight. Now she did that for a purpose though, she did it in order to compete at the event. So whilst if we were to be completely aesthetic and say, that looks good, that is what we want to do, that's healthy, you ask Caitlin, she'll tell you honestly, it's not a healthy lifestyle to maintain. Now bodybuilders, like other athletes, will be in season and out of season for that very reason. You can't maintain that physique for a long period of time without significant detriment to your health. Now, having low body fat might look good for Instagram posts and whatever other crap people are trying to sell you on the interwebs. However, having low body fat affects your hormone levels and a whole host of other aspects of how your body's biology works. Very controlled diet and very controlled training has impacts on your social health as well as your mental health. Trying to improve our fitness for a specific reason or to a specific level will come at a price. Improving one aspect of fitness generally comes at a cost of other aspects of fitness. What we need to do if we're looking to be healthy though is just find what the right balance is for us. Another way to look at the health and fitness sort of continuum is the next diagram down. So we look at the pyramid, which we've discussed and how it's flawed. Going up the pyramid is not necessarily more healthy at all. So what we see is a separation between health and fitness that is health trying to be in balance and that's physically mentally and socially trying to improve our longevity and quality of life you look at what we've talked about before with our pyramid a different way there are a few other ways to look at it and one way is to reorganize it we still keep health essentially in the middle but what we view health is is a balance on one end we have sickness that is we're no longer balance in terms of physical health, social health. On that same side, we also have rehabilitation. So someone who's actually been injured to some capacity that are being rehabilitated back to health. On the other side, this where it gets slightly weird, we see at the extreme end, death. And that same side, we also see fitness and high performance. And whilst you might go, that doesn't make any sense. That's a little bit weird. Why are they separate? Well, both sickness, death and rehabilitation are examples of being out of balance. So, we don't have a good balance between our physical, social, and mental aspects of our lifestyle. Fitness and high performance is the same. You are out of balance in those three aspects. We're effectively training. And as we talked about in the first whiteboard Wednesday, how do we improve things? Through stress. Things like general adaptation syndrome, the two factor model, as well as supercompensation revolve around doses of training resulting in some type of stress that our body then tries to compensate from. As we're training at higher and higher levels, so we're training for a specific reason in fitness, we're trying to train a specific aspect of fitness or high performance, it comes at a price. It comes at the price of other aspects of fitness or other aspects of our health. We're trying to improve fitness and performance. We're exposing ourselves to higher and higher doses of training stress. And we need to move towards a higher stressful environment, come back and recover in order to get better at anything. That's what training a specific aspect of fitness is. It's exposure to a threat. And our body responds by improving a specific aspect of fitness in order to increase its resistance to another exposure that same threat. That is not necessarily healthy. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's not necessarily healthy. We're not balancing our physical, social, and mental aspects of our lifestyle. We're actually dedicated to something, and it will come at the price of something else. So those small doses or threats of some sort of injury or death, can be seen as a deviation away from health that we're looking to improve so we can become fitter, that is better at a certain task. So what are the key takeaways from this Whiteboard Wednesday? The biggest takeaway of this Whiteboard Wednesday is to identify that health is not the same as fitness and high performance. That is, being fit or being a high performance is not a better measure of health or a better level of health. That does not necessarily mean straight away though, that training for fitness or high performance are bad. Not at all. It just means they're different and we have to view them different and we should design our training differently. If we're looking to improve our overall health, we'll train towards that. If we're looking to improve our fitness for a specific task, we'll train towards that. When you start working with a coach or trainer, they should really ask you what your goals are. A lot of people might say, I want to be healthier, I want to be fitter. A good coach and a good trainer will then go, or what is being healthier and what is being fitter mean to you. You might define it one way and they may define it another. Being able to identify what you're actually trying to do, that is trying to improve your overall health and lifestyle and vitality, being balanced and having enjoyable life, or if you're trying to get really good at something. And they are very different. The last part to take away from this Whiteboard Wednesday really comes back to health and fitness, and that is looking at are we going for balance or are we going for task suitability? And if we're going for task suitability, What is the task or what is the goal? What is the objective? Now, whilst a lot of people, athletes, fitness models on Instagram might look good, it does not necessarily mean they are healthy.